Oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. It is a Thursday edition of the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We are on the road as we are every single Thursday. And we're hanging out at one of my favorite jaunts. This is Cavens Construction, 405-573-3048. We'll talk to Gary, uh, get into all of the ways in which Cavens can help you and your business on this glorious Thursday morning. We have history in Toronto last night. Aaron Judge hit career home run. Well, I'm sorry. 61st home run on the season. He becomes the fifth player in MLB history to hit more than 60 home runs in a season. Ties the Yankees record set by Roger Maris. Ties the American League mark for most home runs in a season. It's the biggest story in sports. We probably won't spend a ton of time on it because we're in the midst of college football season. But as we say hello and good morning to one Josh Helmer. Josh, do you consider this the record if he hit 62 because he did it, quote-unquote, clean? Probably not, no. It's, Same. It's hard for me to remove myself from having seen what Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds, all three of them, have done. Uh, you know, if, if you want to have that opinion out there, I'm not here to tell you that you're an idiot or you're crazy you know, the steroid impact, definitely understand that. But, you know, for me, no, probably not. Same. You and I are in the same boat in this one, one Josh Helmer. I lived the Barry Bonds era. I thought it was awesome. And, uh, in fact, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, for me in the Bonds era, Josh, I mean, I really lived – the, the Bond Sosa home run chase. And I'm not trying to be like, yeah, well, I did this. But, you know, you think back, that was, what, 90, 98? Uh, it was over two summers with Bonds and, and McGuire, or excuse me, Sosa and McGuire. And, you know, for me, being someone who wasn't necessarily a Cardinals fan growing up, but my whole family were Cardinal fans, it was a really big deal to them. And, Josh, I remember that we – as a family, it's kind of like my graduation gift from college. We went and, and followed the Cubs and the Cardinals for a weekend. We took a train from St. Louis up to Chicago, and we watched uh, Big Mac and, and Sammy Sosa go at it in Wrigley Field, my first and only two games that I went to at Wrigley Field. We had dinner at Harry Carey's Restaurant, and we, we took that train back to St. Louis, and it just so happened to coincide with the cards coming back home and watched a couple games in Bush Stadium. So I I lived I lived that and it was it was awesome. It was a really really fun time. So I'm excited I, I'm not someone who you're going to see that'll fight too much about but wait a minute. Um Aaron Judge did it the right way. He didn't use performance enhancers. Yeah, I understand that and uh and I get it. You know, there's there's a place for that fight if you want to have it. And I, I completely, totally understand what you're talking about. But I'm just, Josh, I'm not here for it. It's not going to be something that I'm ready to uh, to go. Well, oh, there we are. It's not one of those things that I'm ready to go to the mattresses with uh, 
against you. Just not me. And I have no idea what just happened, but that was wild. Am I still on the air? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got you. Did you hear that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Did you I, hear that? I heard you slip into the vortex and come on back down to us. What the heck was that? All right, anyway, is that enough baseball talk for today? Does that make Steve Marshall happy with us or no? Do we would, have to go I would deeper? hope so. I mean, obviously, okay. it's historic what Aaron Judge has done yeah. and not downplaying that at all. And if you want to sit here today and say that, hey, you got to, you know, someone that's tied the home run mark, then by all means, by all means. It's been fun. It's been fun to watch him try and track this thing down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? I got to be honest with you. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know how big of a deal this would become. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to to try to say. Well, I knew everybody be freaking about about. No, I had no idea how big of a deal this would become. None whatsoever. And I won't lie to you, Josh. I'm kind of. I think it's kind of cool. Now I don't need you breaking into my college football games for it. But I think it's I think it's kind of cool to see the passion and the energy that has surrounded this. And it's been a nice bump for baseball. I mean, I'm sitting here at Cavens today, and on both screens, we're getting pretty much nonstop Aaron Judge talk, which I think is pretty cool. And, and then, of course, nothing can be about just what he's accomplished. Immediately first take, what are the chances that Aaron Judge isn't a Yankee next year? Jeff Passan, your thoughts. Stephen A. Smith, tell us how stupid the Yankees are not for, for not tying him up. All right, let's get any of our other three random NFL guys who are going to give us a baseball take here. Go for it, Dan Orlovsky. Am I following the am I following the plan as as it's supposed to be followed or, or no? To a T, baby. When it comes to, okay, all right. I wanted to make sure. How was your Tuesday? Going, yeah. What is going on here? What is that? I don't know. It sounds like, like uh, the maybe the headsets short circuiting or something. I, I don't know. Like it's... I, I'm not even moving. All right. Well, listen. While I, I'm going to ask you a very important question here, while I continually get the broken equipment, uh, no, they're actually going to send me with the new stuff, and I'm like, don't send me with that new stuff to Cavins. Please, I'm don't begging you. <laughs> please don't do Nothing it. Nothing new. <laughs> no, please. It... Uh, what was uh, what was on the agenda for Josh Helmer on a Wednesday night? It was good. Went and had. Uh, so it was my girlfriend's birthday yesterday. Happy happy birthday, Amanda. We went out and had uh, dinner at the Melting Pot, and it was uh, a big fondue day. Cheese fondue. Let's see. I got steak with it. I uh, had chocolate fondue. So it was – I'm about 15 pounds heavier, I think, this morning, waking up, coming into the show. But it, uh, it was a, a great Tuesday night. It made up for what was a disappointing, obviously, afternoon. Um – Oh, dude, do we go? Do we want to go there? We spent enough time on baseball. Um, let I feel like I feel like we need to kind of cleanse the palate though before we get to the the David Hicks story, right? I mean, do we just want to get all the non OU stuff out of the way here real quick before we get to David Hicks and that unfortunate scenario that played out for OU fans yesterday? Let's let me get two other things here real quick. Hey, did I not give you the heads up? You did, yeah. No, you were you were keyed in, man. You knew coming down the home stretch. Uh, wait a second, something smells a little, little fishy here. Right. I'll, I'll I'll explain coming up. I'm not trying to be like, yeah, I told you. I had no idea. I don't cover recruiting. Um, usually for me, recruiting comes from your passion on Twitter. Um, what when my guy Pastor Adam Starling will want to talk about 
or or if uh, if there's anything y'all get very passionate about, and we uh, we we get Parker to come in here and make us feel smart about it. But I uh, I'll get to that. I, I'm not so I'm not trying to be like told you. It's just literally a person I was working with said this is not going to go OU's way, and I texted you right away, and I was like, what are you hearing? <laughs> so anyway, we'll we'll get to that in just a bit. Two other things. Number one, if you ever in your life have made fun of or question the paranoid nature of coaches when it comes to how they treat practices, right? Remember, um, do we have to go back a year ago whenever the, <laughs> the OU Daily students were, were standing on the, on the patio with their binoculars out and, and watching practices and calculating reps for who was getting first-team snaps? There's that, right? Um, you can go back to that or – or Josh, you can go back to, you know, I, I I told this story a lot, and I know it's really going back, but one of the one of the coaches who had a great run at Tulsa, and then everything kind of went to you know what for him after he left TU was Todd Graham, and Todd Graham was a very open open door coach early on. He was, yeah, come on out to practice, hey, come on down here on the field, He's very open, great. And, and at that time, kind of thought, oh, he's a pretty good dude. I like covering him. But he told a story one time because he shut down practices. And we were all kind of perplexed. It's like, what, what changed? We didn't, I didn't say anything. We all kind of, you know, the royal we at that time that, that cared enough to be out there regularly and the TV guys that were getting their film. Um, Todd said he, he went, uh, and I don't think he did. They had staffers. He goes, we literally went on a message board, a Houston message board, and our whole practice was on that message board. Every everything we were doing, it was all videotaped. Everything. So I mean that that's going back to like oh two. So that's like twenty years ago, maybe. But still, at that point, it had kind of started that um, circle of paranoia, if you will. Well, if you ever question it and you ever wonder why coaches are like they are, I point you to what happened over the last forty-eight hours. Have you seen the story involving the Miami Dolphins and their alleged secret, well, not secret, but controlled environment practice that uh, the, the Bengals and the NFL had worked to make sure that they had privacy when they got to Cincinnati early? Did you see what happened? The whole practice ended up on Twitter. Yeah, the whole practice ended up on Twitter. Someone was, they, they let them practice. I believe it's still called Nippert Stadium. And I don't know if, I don't know if Miami was trying to get, which again, they're, they're a little bit more inland, so, or at least a little bit more up, I should say, from where the, the hurricane was tracking, or maybe a little bit more south. My geography is always challenged. You guys know that. But so Miami had got out, and they were uh, allowed to practice at Nippert Stadium. And literally, Josh, the whole practice ended up on Twitter, like at every formation. And it was pretty much from like an all-22 angle as well. So someone had got in there and taped the Dolphins' practice and put it out on social media. Now, I'm not saying that that would happen everywhere and every time. But when you when you try to get mad, I don't understand why these coaches are as paranoid as they are and why they, they ain't nothing I'm going to learn from watching practice. Probably not. It's not about you. It's about what can get out there. And, again, I'm not saying that the Cincinnati Bearcats and their administration allow this to happen. How dare they? But – everyone's going to do just about anything for a click, dude. You know it, right? Everyone's going to do anything for a click. And this wasn't even from, like, an official account 
or anything. This is just someone that was either clout chasing or, I don't know, maybe it was a Bengals guy, right? Who knows? But bottom line, if you ever question the paranoia of coaches and why they act like they do about practices, this is a shining example of what just happened over the last 24 hours. And I think Mike McDaniel's a pretty chill guy, but – you know, and there's there's only certain things. People always get mad. NFL guys, like NFL reporters, are allowed to go to practice a little bit more. Oklahoma guys, uh, the beat reporters, have been allowed to go to practice a little bit more. But there's either a point where, A, you're gone, and, and it's like, all right, see, guys, we're going to start working on things. Or, B, in the case of the NFL, Josh, they put you far away from where practice is actually taking place. So when you get on coaches, when you get mad about it, there's your example, boom, I give you what happened last night. To, or at least two nights ago to the Miami Dolphins. And then the other thing I wanted to get to real quick before we talk David Hicks and kind of go all in over the next two hours and 45 minutes, Joey Helmer coming up at 11 a.m. this morning. Um, we're efforting uh, the potential. It might be tomorrow to talk to Steven Johnson, who covers the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, and we have our Sonny Dykes interview that as soon as Toby plays, and we'll bring you some portions of it here on the show. But the other thing is – there is – I don't know why people just can't enjoy the football season, and maybe I'm the sucker for always falling for this. But, you know, we have the conclusion of what I think is either the second or the third committee get-together for the college football playoff crew, which, again, involves all of the uh, the Power Five commissioners. I think, actually, all the commissioners are involved in um, Notre Dame. And what happens again, Josh – what has always happened, we, we, we had the big announcement the Friday before the college football season, but then what has happened every day since the announcement of the 12-team playoff? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> they've, they've met for no – well, and I, I shouldn't say they met for no reason, but they have these meetings and nothing gets accomplished. Nothing is accomplished. Um, now, again, I know Bill Hancock, if he was listening, would push back on that and say, well, Plank – I don't even know if Bill Hancock would know who I was, but he would say, sir, that's not absolutely correct because we're getting closer to these decisions, which I understand. It's very complex. It's very complicated. There's not a lot of, uh, of, of easy ends. But you would think, Josh, we could get to a point where maybe, just maybe, you know, it could say, you know what? All right, so we got 12 teams. That's settled. Here's what else we're settled on. We're doing it next year. Or are we doing it in 24? I just, I, I, I don't know what we're having these meetings for if, if we're making small progress, but it doesn't seem as if we're getting over the major hurdles right now, right? I mean, it's, it's frustrating. No, it seems like there's plenty of work still to go on this thing, logistics <laughs> to be ironed out, which, you know, given how much conversation there had been before they ever got to the point where, yeah, we're, we're going to expand to 12, I – I would have thought a lot of the other logistics would have been ironed out at that point because we knew back then and leading right. up to expanding this thing, agreeing from 4 to 12 plank that, okay, well, one of the reasons we're not expanding is there's a number of different issues with expansion, things that we have to iron out, figure out, and yet none of those have been solved. Basically, uh, right. it took, I don't know, I mean, how many months would you say to get to the point to where finally everybody agreed, okay, yeah, let's go from 4 to 12. And how many meetings? Right. right, right, exactly. It's like, okay, well, quit. You know, I understand. I'm, I'm a sucker for these updates. So I, I'm fine. Tell me. 
but I think I've I've reached this point where, you know, I've just spent five minutes talking about it, but I think I'm kind of done with it until I see an announcement that, hey, we're here's what it looks like, here's when it's expanding, here's our networks, let's go. I think I've kind of reached this point where you guys have agreed you're going to 12. All right, I don't need these updates that you had a meeting and nothing was accomplished. Let me know if something gets done. And by the way, I'm adding another topic to that list. And this can all change, you know, with a football season that maybe goes south a little bit, Josh. I could I could change my opinion. If the Raiders lose on Sunday and Oklahoma falls on Saturday, Monday we might come in and not be talking nothing but playoff expansion. You know, I think this playoff needs to expand now. Um, but – and I DEFCON five, it can help me. I think is the the higher you go on DEFCONs, it's it's a little bit more concerning with the future of the Pac twelve, and you know George Klyvkov has kind of become like remember the the Iraqi information is nothing to see here. The troops are nowhere near, and next thing you're seeing video and they're tumbling, they're they're, they're tearing down the Saddam Hussein statues. Like nothing to see. It's kind of I feel like George Klyvkov. I mean right now. He's sitting here saying all these crazy rumors, we're stronger than we've ever been. Um, that doesn't really seem to be the case right now for all things in the Pac-12. And I'm a staunch believer that the conference can survive. But this report from Dennis Dodds yesterday that you know Amazon might be interested in like a fourth-tier package for the Big Ten was fascinating to me. Because if I'm Amazon and... I'm looking to make a splash in college football. And I've got a deal with the Big Ten. I don't know if I'm going to make a splash with Indiana Rutgers. I don't know if I'm going to make a splash with my game being welcome to Amazon Prime's college football coverage. Tonight, it's Michigan State battling Minnesota. You know, these good teams, good football games will watch. But I think it's really good news for the Big 12. And... I say that because Ohio State, USC, Penn State, and Michigan, it's been pretty clear that they're going to be at the foundation of Fox, NBC, and CBS. Like those those four teams are going to constantly be rotated through those three major partners. You're not going to get big-time games from any of those four teams on a fourth-tier package from the Big Ten, and the Big Ten Network might want a couple of those games too. So when people start saying, oh, Amazon Prime is going to get involved, and I don't know if, if that's the play for Amazon Prime, if it's the Big Ten. I think it's good news for the – I think it's really good news for the Big 12, Josh. I don't try to get too nerdy about TV talk, right, because a lot of you guys push back against it, and I really could right now. But if you see a report about the Big Ten and, and, and Amazon Prime and Kevin Warren's interest, Amazon Prime's no dummy, right? They've, they've invested a lot of money in the NFL. And they apparently had offered more money to the Big Ten than what Fox, not Fox, excuse me, what NBC did, and NBC and Fox kind of shunned him. Or excuse me, the Big Ten shunned him. So to me, I think there's a really good possibility that you could see Amazon Prime uh, be a big player in either what's left of the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or – you know, maybe the SEC. You know, ESPN and ABC have those three time slots, but the SEC's got a little bit more depth of matchups than the Big Ten does. So, anyway, those were the three things I wanted to talk to outside of David Hicks in Oklahoma. So you ready to go? You want to do this when we come? 
I'm ready. Other topics you want to get to the. All right, let's take a break. I feel like the headset issue has been fixed. Knock on wood. And when we come back, what went wrong? Hashtag Hicks to Norman. We'll try to do our best to get it all figured out right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. All right, um, what went wrong yesterday, Josh? We left here at high noon thinking that it was a slam dunk. And from what I've, you know, kind of garnered and gathered, I listened to um, I listened to Travis last night. Um, I listened to Eddie and Carrie and the guys. I listened to Parker. And I, I don't know if we've had a swerve like this in quite a while. And, you know, you see all the reports that came out afterwards. I don't know if this is a situation where you step back and you say, what went wrong? What did Oklahoma do wrong? Um, I, I don't know if that's the case here by any stretch of the imagination, but it just, something changed. And I understand that y'all have very, very solid takes and, and opinions on this, but something changed. And maybe it's a bag man. Maybe it's a massive NIL deal. You know, my understand. Here, here's one thing I would say, just real quick, Josh, and, and I'm sorry to, to filibuster here, but I think I'd be wary of a lot of these magical NIL promises because they all sound good, but, you know, I'm not seeing a ton of guys and gals that are yet, you know, reaping all the profits of it. You know, te- Texas Tech comes out yesterday. He's like, we're going to have five-star, or excuse me, five-figure NIL deals for everyone. Okay, that's great. You know, show me the money. When, when, how's it paid? When's it paid? You know, it sounds good and all. But, you know, there's there were rumors and rumblings that, you know, some of these promises that had been made to Texas A&M players hadn't been followed through on yet from last year. So I, I don't know. You know, it's... Dad seemed real happy at the announcement yesterday. Mom did not. Read into that what you want. But it was as much of a 180 as I think I've ever seen when it comes to a story like this. Yeah, I would just start here by saying what I tossed out on social media yesterday. I would just encourage fans to, to and this is a dangerous game, but I do think it's important to say. Go ahead. The folks that cover recruiting for you, and we've got one of them on our staff, Parker does. We've got one of the best guys. Yes. And by the nature of recruiting, sometimes you just don't get it right because a decision plays out the way like this one did, where David Hicks has got the Oklahoma coaching staff convinced, hey, I'm committing tomorrow at 3.30. And then 3.30 rolls around and he tosses an A&M hat on. Right. And who knows what happened in between? Right. You could know, speculate that it's name, image and likeness, whatever it is. Right. I would just encourage fans out there. And, and I know that there's trolls that, you know, don't care about OU. So they're, they're going to they're going to pick on, uh, you know, Parker Thune and McQuishan and all these guys of the world, the recruiting guys of the world, just because they don't really care about Oklahoma. But for those that do. Man, I would just encourage you to not trash those guys that work their ass off for you 
365 days a year and do provide you incredible recruiting coverage to just understand that sometimes you don't get every single one right. And other than that, just the, right. the actual commitment itself, man, it's disappointing. It, it, it's a you know a big-time pivot for a kid that you thought was all in on Oklahoma. Clearly he's not. He's clearly going to, to Texas A&M and College Station. So all of the uh, you know parades and celebrations that we sort of had in store for, man, finally Oklahoma's getting this sort of defensive line commit. Obviously they're not. And – you know, I I don't know I, if it's a name image likeness thing, then that sparks kind of its own conversation, right? About what does that mean for Oklahoma? Can you can you seriously play with these other big boys if you're not going to you know dance at that party? I I don't know. I mean, I think that's a fair question to ask. <laughs> I will say, uh, I did like this was one of the very first texts that came into the show, and I think this dude and I are kind of in the same boat. Because I'm a 61-year-old OU fan. Never before have I followed recruiting. Yesterday at 3.30, had the radio on, had the TV on. Oh, well. <laughs> Boomer. <laughs> can, can, I, can I just say one thing about <laughs> – that's funny, dude. I pre- you need to give yourself a name. That's awesome. I, uh, I don't know how else to put this whenever something ended up being different than what was reported. But here we go. They weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. Something happened. I don't know. I mean, and this isn't, you know, it was one thing. I was, The recruiting reporting world is a very competitive one. And also in that, um, depending on how you do it, it can be, can be a little bit greasy, right? I mean, this. I'm not saying this. I think Parker and we could have all of our guys on, right? We could have. And when I say our guys, I mean OU, but our guys specifically. We could have Parker on, who's new to the game. Uh, gosh, we could go. We could talk to McQuistian. We could get James on here, and they tell you it's it's a dirty game sometimes. But someone could easily try to get on their pompous, arrogant high horse and point fingers and say, "See, told you." But everyone across the board had the same information, Josh. Everyone. I listen. Um, I don't consider, you know, Sooner Scoop competition, but listening to them last night, it was, it was pretty fascinating in truly understanding Josh just how, just how much information that they had. I mean, the A and M people had only sent like two guys to cover it, one guy and then one guy to help out the other person. But then suddenly, as they were getting closer, news started to break, and and they had to adjust. I mean, I don't. I don't think this is a situation where you point at people and you say, oh, they got it wrong. How dare they screw up? Because I think this was a guy that kind of made a 180 very late in this process and didn't let anyone know about it. And probably that's the largest takeaway here, which on the text line, this is good, 651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Have you guys studied the actions, thinking, logic of a 17-year-old? I've got experience with multiple teenagers. You don't know what the heck they're thinking or what they might do in any situation. Until these kids are inked, every day anything is possible. And really, I mean, yesterday afternoon was just that reminder, right, that it's recruiting. And sometimes these things happen with 17-, 18-year-old kids in recruiting, and ultimately for David Hicks, if he's more comfortable at Texas A&M and College Station, then so be it. Right on to the next one for Oklahoma. It's I, I'm 
not going to sit here and downplay it this morning. It's a monumental loss for Oklahoma when you thought you finally had that kind of missing link five-star defensive lineman. But on to the next, right? If you're Brent yep, Venables, exactly. Todd Bates, this this staff here, it's okay. What's what's yep, what's next? Exactly. All right, four zero five six five one three four three nine. Listen, hey, be, before we before we break, um, Gary Cavins has slid in here. He's very busy today, uh, and we are at Cavins Construction, CavinsConstruction dot com. Also, uh, new website to check out, OKDisasterResponse.com. dot com. He'll help calm our nerves after David Hicks committed to Texas A and M yesterday, and Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. Uh, Gary, environmental, and we're seeing it play out right in front of us. Right, this is you see Hurricane Ian bashing the the coast of Florida and. Like in your, in your world, and, and when we talk about all these things in environmental, this is what you guys do. You go and you clean up and help properties try to save themselves whenever events like this happen, right? That's right. That's a, you know, that's, that's a good way to look at it for sure. You know, this is uh, on our environmental side, um, that's what we deal with. We deal with natural disasters. We deal with flooding, um, you know, sewage losses, uh, broken pipes, broken supply lines, flooding homes, flooding businesses. And so it's a great example. You know, we deal with uh, that on a daily basis, uh, water, emergency water extraction, structural drying, uh, water damage repair, uh, mold testing, mold investigation. And that's a lot of what's going to go on down there is, you know, that water's there. They're not going to get it out in time. So people are going to go in they're going to have to cut it, do flood, you know, cut it out. And they'll be dealing with a lot of mold issues down there, a lot of mold issues. Um, and, it, you know, anytime you have a, a hurricane situation like that, it's just it's it's a, you're going to get bug infestations, all kinds of stuff. Uh, my parents went through the hurricane that went through Port Aransas uh, several years ago. And, I mean, it was, you know, it was mold issues. It was bug issues. It was, you know, just all kinds of things. And everything that salt water touches rusts. So, if you know, right. if they have anything on that first level, it's trash. It's gone. 24-7, 365, service year-round, rapid and fast response. And, what, you just added a new vehicle to kind of help you guys in this process? We did. We did. So, we have had two rapid response Right, water extraction, structural drying vehicles, and we um, officially added the third to the fleet today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited about it. It's got a big. It's a uh, got a bigger unit in it than our other two units, so it can extract more water faster. Um, so we're definitely excited about that. And you know, uh, like we always talk about, we're continuing to train our staff and continue to develop. But you know, if you have, you know, if you have a water issue. Uh, like we said, you know, broken pipes, sewer line, mm-hmm. whatever, any kind of water intrusion in your home, we're great. We can help that, and we're a great one-stop shop because we have our in-house plumbing team that can help with that. We have our in-house construction team that can help with the build back. So we're really, when we say we're the 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 first and only call you need to make, we really are the first and only call you need to make other than the insurance company. Give us a call. We can get in there. We can get the water out. We can get you put back the, the way it was before, and we can help work with you and your insurance company and and guide the path and if your insurance company's being stubborn we got our friends over there at brown oat haver that we can get you connected with and get things fixed up and deal with the insurance company so that you get taken care of you know and odor control fire cleanup uh you know fire remediation restoration trauma crime scene cleanup a hoarding situation, carpet cleaning, hardwood floors cleaning, tile cleaning, air duct cleaning, dryer vent cleaning, power washing, uh, emergency park out, emergency pack out, emergency board up. <laughs> you know, if a car hits a building, anything like that. Our environmental side is just top notch. Um, we go through tons of certifications, and they can really help you. 
You're awesome. Gary, I know you're busy today. IHRC, IIHRC certified. Uh, you follow strict standards set by the IICRC and, of course, OSHA, which are important for these businesses, right? It is. And, you know, uh, the IICRC, uh, they really are a great company. They're a national company. That's where we get our certifications. That's where we do a lot of our training. That's where we based our training for our guys on. And it really just sets the standard for the the whole uh, United States and abroad, too. Um, so, you know, we, we're, we're really – it's really important to me and it's really important to my team that we know the best techniques and we have the best equipment to take care of our customers in any way, shape, or form we can. Amen. Thanks, Gary. We appreciate Thank your you. time. It's Gary Cavins here at Cavins. We'll get uh, more in-depth on some of the things they can do with, uh, for you maintenance-wise throughout the day. Take a timeout. Hit this disaster of an Air Comfort Solutions text line next <laughs> right here on The Ref. Uh, the Air Comfort Solutions text line, I, I say the mess. It's really good. You, you, Oh, you guys always have good takes, and we go back and forth on things. Like, for instance, um, I I hate it whenever I go back and forth with someone and you don't give yourself a name. It's just real simple. Text us a name. I'll save it on your contact, and it'll always be there. Uh, like, this dude just has an American flag. But he writes, maybe losing to Kansas State doesn't help. Maybe having a better than slightly average top 25 team, then OU may start getting these players. OU is a sinking ship. I don't, I don't know why this guy listens to the station. I really don't because that is a cult of negativity from the 405. Uh, here was another one that was in that same vein. It was, well, maybe the Kansas State loss doesn't help. Or, I'm sorry, no NIL. It was the K-State game, to which I replied, hey, um, what about the App State game then? Here was the response. They played solid defense like they always do and don't have 10 years of negative stereotype to overcome. Bro, what has A&M accomplished on the football field in 10 years that OU hasn't? Let's just go back in those 10 years. Six conference championships, say what you want about the Big 12, four appearances in the college football playoffs, uh, two Heisman Trophy winners, uh, three, four Heisman Trophy finalists. I understand that you're just focusing on defense, but, I mean, dude, I, I could not disagree more. If you're going to try to say the Kansas State loss was it, then it, it, it maybe maybe David Hicks isn't the guy for us if one loss is going to be enough to say adios. I thought one more here real quick was pretty good. Um that was, let's see, where was it? This is coming in so fast. Someone said anyone that's been in negotiations would know that whenever he's made, you know, three trips to A&M and he hasn't stepped uh, foot on campus at OU in over two months, that would become problematic. That was a really, really good point. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. yep I yep. loved it. I mean, I that's got to be a warning sign to you. Hey, the uh, remember when Oklahoma got just absolutely obliterated by LSU and then Vandegrift decommitted and, and the sky was falling down and it's, well, clearly right. these two are connected. And then, lo and behold, guess what happened not too many months later? Got a, yeah. got a five-star quarterback command. So Right. D- these I wrote about that for Boyd Street. Go find the article. It'll make you really mad right now, but go, go find it. Yeah, it probably won't help you a whole lot, but no, they're, they're not connected. All right. Um, Brian, you get the last word this segment. What's going on, Brian, on the Riverwind Casino call in line, 405-329-9000. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to pack in here real quick. I got a softball uh, stuff at the end, okay? We'll okay. We'll start off with DJ Hicks. If you look at the statement, and we got to get this into some of these numbers. 
slash text line because they're doom gloomers, I guess. Um, it has nothing to do with any result of any game. What happened in the midnight hours, Billy Idol once said, and it's why Hicks most moved up his recruitment. It has nothing to do with development or proximity to home. It has to do with one of your favorite movies back from the late 90s, Jerry Maguire. I want you to say Show it, me the money. For him. Show me the money. Yell it. Show, Show me, me the money. money. <laughs> Show me the money. That's all it is. So people need to just stop it with all that, okay? Just stop it, okay? Now, softball, okay? I had some visitors over the weekend, and I saw a go boomer from Patty. Uh, any insight there? It was the girl that just committed. Um, oh, I'm gonna. I, I'm. Well, I met her. She was. She was at the groundbreaking this weekend. But uh, if you if you give me two seconds, um, I, I might be able to find her name. But yeah, it was. It was. They they picked up. They're just killing it right now on the recruiting trail, man. It's 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 really impressive. I don't think it's it's not going to slow down anytime soon. And. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm absolutely positively here for it. It's it's fun. I can't even I can't yeah. even begin to tell you how amazing it is. All right, here. Let's see. Cheyenne posted this, and I can have it here in a second. Um, okay. Sydney. Sydney something. Okay. So there you go. That's uh, that's. Recruit? I think she's number one. Go. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, real quick. In this, I saw a thing on. Flow softball, I think, or D1 softball. They mm-hmm. had a uh, who's you know the main faces to look for in the 23 season. Three of the five were Oklahoma Sooners. Of course, Jada Coleman, Kira Jennings, and Jordy Ball. So um, if that says anything for 23, and uh, you know, anyway, thanks for taking my call, guys. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I I think that you've got even more than that that you'll be wanting to keep an eye on as well. By the way, Jada just turned 21 the other day, Happy which birthday. seems wild to me, but that's insane. Yeah, um, OU softball, I, I, and I know. Listen, it's it's 9:51. We're in the middle of we're in the middle of football season, but it is it's pretty wild how incredible things are going, uh, not just for them now, but on the recruiting trail as well. They're it just keeps getting better and better and better, and they're just going. You know, in fact, they. Spring ball, fall ball, excuse me, starts here shortly, and it's just going to they, – they've already, for the most part, from what I've heard, is they've already pretty much sold out some of their, their fall ball uh, games, but there's still tickets available. So there is there – is, and we're doing them on ESPN+, Plus, so that should give you an idea. Uh, Sydney Barker was her name. She was the girl that committed the other day. So she um, – I think she was in town last week. She is, let's see, where is she out of? Out of UMass, right? Is this right? She is uh, class of 2024, shortstop, second baseman, and looks like a rock star. Big, strong kid, and excited to see her in a Sooner uniform. Now, obviously, there's 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 a process. You've committed. Still got a sign on the dotted line, but uh, she played second base. Um Guys, you can find everything about these kids anymore. I can find her hand speed, her bat speed for you, Josh. We just need to I ask find... OU Believer 56, and we got all the information we need. Yeah, where is he? Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. Yeah, there it is. OU Believer 6 is all over it. 
And you can also add a couple of other names. They had already committed, uh, got a commitment from Audrey Lowry and Corey Hicks a while back. All right, quick break. It's 952. We'll hit that Air Comfort Solutions text line. Great call, Brian. Uh, Ghost of Christmas Past where they show me the money line right here on the ref. We got, we got a hustle. I fell behind at the bottom of the hour when we started getting into the um, David Hicks stuff. So let's get caught up. We're on the road at Cavens Construction on a Thursday with Josh Helmram, Chris Plank, and Josh on Ref at Plank Show. Yeah, it was Dan who tweeted in. He goes, anyone who's ever tried to close a deal before knew this wasn't done for OU when he visited College Station three times and didn't set foot in Norman for two months. You know, he was he's an impressive kid, man. He's an impressive young man. Um, but I'll say this. I don't know. I don't know what the reaction will be when you feel like and you've either received or reportedly received a commitment and then it changes 10 minutes before the announcement. But I get the sense, just the little that I've known about watching these guys work, I don't think this one's done. And, you know, Oklahoma talks about guys that once they get the commitment, they don't stop working, they don't stop recruiting them. Um, I don't think just because David Hicks committed to Texas A&M yesterday that Oklahoma is going to stop. Now, they might have to go in other directions, and they've got a great recruiting class right now. But I, I don't think they just tap out. All right. Hit your text next. It's a plank show on the road on a Thursday right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.